0: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's RevOps Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcock, CSRO here at Revenue.io. We have a special guest with us here today, and that is Sarah. Sarah Bush is actually our very own Senior Director of Revenue Operations here at the company. comes to us from a fantastic background in the space, from companies like Sonar, 15.5, um, Apex, Letho. All of those things. And Sarah, I have to say before we jump into all things RevOps, one of the best LinkedIn descriptors I've ever seen as cat herder, peacemaker, and technical guru. So we are very excited to dive in with you here today. So welcome both Reven- Revenue IO team and also just in general to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Alistair. I'm really excited to be here. This is awesome.
0: Now, Sarah, as you said to everybody, you're about um, you know 60 days in here, joining the firm now. You know you've been around the world of RevOps for some time, so I thought today it'd be really good to go through what's what's the ideal first 90 days look like for a RevOps leader. Right? You've done this now in a few different companies where you've had to either build the function from the ground up or you've had to come in and reshape it. And, you know, we all read the handbooks for CIO's first 100 days on the job or an exec's first 100 days on the job. But what's the first 100 days, 90 days of a RevOps leader look like for you?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am really fortunate to get to continue to, um, like, hone my craft at different companies. Um, It's been a really exciting journey, and I've definitely learned a lot along the way. But I would definitely say the very first thing is taking the first Uh, maybe probably 30 to even 60 days and just understanding the business, like really making sure that you meet and talk to as many people as possible. Many times you'll get some pressure from like the executive team to like start producing right away. And I would encourage people to push back on that so that you can learn and absorb and really, really get to know everyone. Understand the structure, what has been successful, what challenges people are facing, basically at every portion of the organization. Because I think a RevOps leader could have an impact in every department. So just get in as much as you possibly can.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's really important what you just said around some of the people and, and meeting. Um, and that is often true for any leadership function, right? You want to understand and all of that. But there is also often a bias towards moving quickly as well, because one wants to make a mark is often the, the view, right? But when you think of who to meet, RevOps is unique in that it sits at the center of many, many functions in companies. And that does vary a little bit. So... You know, in your background, when you think of Sonar, I think of 15.5 and other places, who are the people that you want to make sure you connect with? Like, who are the not just key stakeholders, but walk us through some examples of the people you think RevOps leaders should have on their list to go meet in that first period?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. my brain works very like chronologically. So I usually start with the marketing function and then just going all the way through the entire sales process and the entire funnel customer journey. So I will always meet with marketing and I usually do meet with the key stakeholder first to understand their priorities. What are they uh, looking to accomplish in the next uh, quarter? What did they really struggle with in the quarter before? Also understanding the, the metrics, uh, what drives them? How do they uh, measure their own success? And then uh, probably like just cascading to the rest of their team and understanding both like who holds the keys and also like how can I help is kind of the lens that I look through on both sides. So definitely marketing, especially in our in in our company, uh, like on the product side, product marketing is very important, right? Because we drink our own champagne here. And so we definitely want to make sure that we're aligning with them. So, marketing, uh, the sales leader is also very important, uh, and with the same goals of those conversations, customer success, of course. And I also um, make a very big point to meet with the frontline reps. Like, what are they struggling with? What do they love about what they're doing? Where are their challenges? And I I make sure to meet with as many of them as possible.
0: So, I think that's a really interesting call on a couple of specific ones. I think we would all say, yes, marketing for sure, sales for sure. Those are often common for for but i like the fact that you dove into either specifics of product marketing because product marketing if you're a plg like company obviously front and center and even if you're not you're really instrumental to understanding well how are things connecting the voice of the customer that buyer journey Mm -hmm. where assets may be tripping up so i think you're really delving in there is is really important and I'm thrilled to hear the customer success. You know, if I reminisce on my Gartner days, there's always something I used to say. You, know, you got to think of the bookends of business. RevOps tends to be, for a lot of people, the next-gen sales ops, right? So they just focus on sales and a little bit of marketing. We we go like that, but it isn't. It is, it is understanding the pre and post and connecting those things back together that really lights up the success of, of the revenue function, which at the end of the day, that's our job, right? So, so I think you're spot on.
1: I think it's a really great point. Yeah, especially like on the on the product side too, but especially for us because it's like, how can we utilize the product and then uh, glean all the insights and then feed that back to marketing. That's kind of like the best the best part and like customer marketing, making sure that everyone is just completely aligned to theirs. It's just a lot of fun. And they're not usually organizations that speak to each other naturally. So I definitely like kind of take that as a little bit of a challenge and come in and say like, okay, let's like, let's get everyone talking.
0: So, so we're, we're speaking very optimistically here around this. Now, before we move off the people side, Sarah, I want to dig into, well, you know, again, you've been pretty experienced building these a few different companies, this function, where do you tend to get pushback on that? Like, where are the things that you say, "Hey, watch out for this" when talking to the leaders? I heard you say earlier, you know, often there's a push for your know, priorities, but you know, what what are some other gotchas you would you would caution people on here?
1: Sure, yeah, uh, I, I would definitely say, like like some of it is within our control and some of it is not, but. In the past, I would say like one of the things that has been a struggle is making sure that there is very visible objectives um, and tactics that you're going to achieve, right? And outcomes that you're going to impact. And oftentimes, if you do not provide that visibility, there's a lot of like push from all different departments. Um, So making sure that you're really getting everybody aligned that is really different at every organization on what that looks like and what their desire to like consume that information is in terms of like what you're doing and when there's also often times where You can become like too like task oriented, which I did like er earlier on in my career, instead of understanding like the impact or the outcome and driving towards that, that has definitely been like a reframing that has helped me not only like internally, but also just like making sure the team knows they're making an impact.
0: I I would agree there completely. And I think uh, sometimes I I have seen it and I'd be curious if you have, but I've certainly worked in organizations where there's a lot of just going, well, what are you again? What is this RevOps thing? Like what why are you here? Why are you messing in my kitchen? Like I I I get it's the future, but why? Have you, have you seen that? What, what what do you do with when that comes along?
1: Yeah, it, it is interesting. A lot of it is about like building trust for sure, but it's you go in and you understand what the teams want to achieve and then make sure that you're like, you're not just like, why did you do it that way? Like you know, you're not just getting in everyone's like pot, like you're making sure that you're making a difference. But I would say there's definitely been like organizations or companies that I've worked with where it's it's difficult for that to happen. They, they got it right. They've been doing it. Um, and it's like, okay, but like, what about this lens? Like, how about just let me help a little bit? Like, how can I surface this information to you? So I agree. It's definitely been a challenge in, in the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I love all the people narrative there. I suppose the next thing I would always think of there is alignment, you know, as we're now in our, so at that point, I'm going to say, remember, we're doing our 90 day, 100 day sprint here. And so we're probably, you know, a couple of weeks in on the job now, and we've met with all these people. we got tons of information, lots of feedback. Hopefully people are understanding why we got a new head of RevOps and what's going on. So we've cast the vision, but then we get to get to this idea of cross-functional team responsibility the design, the implementation, the enablement of RevOps. And that's that's tricky stuff, right? Because many people on this podcast have heard me use the analogy from the book, Who Moved My Cheese? before, yeah. which is the idea that everybody loves innovation until it happens to them, right? RevOps is pretty innovative to a lot of companies, and you're going to disrupt often a lot of things. How do you get the alignment? Sarah, how do you get people to actually embrace the fact that you are the effectively the central hub of the revenue organization at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I think there are like two primary objectives in that that are, of course, people oriented on the on the first side, right? Um, but but also alignment on metrics and like how we're measuring the success of the business is like extraordinarily important. Getting everyone to agree not only like what the goal is, which in and of itself is sometimes challenging, uh, but how do we measure that goal? And then how do we make that goal visible? And at what cadence are we going to hold ourselves accountable? Right. And you have to get agreement that every department is willing to like hold themselves accountable to, to the number, to the goals and and bringing people together to do that is really great, but definitely driving it through like metrics and like logical application of what's happening and what's not. The analysis is extremely important. Um, that's that's one of them. Uh, the other one that I think is really really important is, uh, and I kind of alluded to it before, but is what is the work that is being done and why? Mm. Like, what are what are we driving towards? But but it's not just a sales manager doing this over here or a marketing director doing this over here. It's making sure that we know exactly what's happening to make sure all of that is completely in lockstep and charging towards our goals and that we all aligned on, right? So there's definitely an order of operation there, which is like, what is the goal? Do we agree on measuring it? And what are the areas that we wanna focus on? And then how do we do that together?
0: sound advice for anybody in this, I have to now mapped out, we've got the people, we got them aligned, and you and I had a lot of conversation on this, and I know you're really passionate about the data itself right? And, and how that comes together. And I think this is a really important part, ironically, to actually kind of get right in that first 90 to 100 days, right? Not that we're going to have it all licked, but it is the insight. It's the tooling that drives the enablement and the operational function, which is ultimately RevOps, ops, right? We can align people all we want, but at some point we're going to have the data flowing to to drive the business correctly, right? Again, I know you're really passionate about the data. So as you, as you think about alignment of data and tools, that can be daunting. Like that can be very, very big. You know, we are a company that lives in the world of RevOps, as an example. And there are hundreds to thousands of different data points that we are using across sequences, across guidance components, because we have a sophisticated business. We have a lot of things going on. So how do you deal with that when it comes in? That's a lot of mental absorption to have to get right very quickly.
1: Yeah, but it's so fun. (laughs) To me, uh, like I I really, really, you're right. I really am passionate about the data piece. It's, It's how I got here. Like, I think that once you, if you do the right order of operations, which is you agree on the goals and you agree on the metrics, and then you start to understand what are all of the other inputs that go into that when you've decided on, what metric do I want to most impact? Like if you're thinking about, you know, MQL conversion rate, or you're thinking about your win rate, or you're thinking about, you know, a specific like stage movement uh, for like our enterprise segment or something, right? It's just like, what are the things that we think we're going to get the most out of? And then, Try to like stay focused on that and not like worry too much about all the other things. Mm -hmm. And if you are communicating that as a group, you've decided to only focus on these things, then you don't get as distracted by all of the other possible inputs that could come in. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> like I'm definitely not, I'm not, not a hundred percent at it, but, um, I can go down a rabbit hole like anybody else, but it's, it's just really, really important to stay laser focused on the goals and how you're going to impact the business as quickly as possible.
0: And, and I'm going to press a little bit here on the data, just, I know you, you're so good at this piece of it. The CRM itself, right. Is one of those things for a lot of companies that is, it is sometimes rich it sometimes not, it, it, it varies. How much should we start the RevOps analysis and data from what should be point of truth? Um, There's a lot of connected systems that come into play here, but do you typically start with the CRM and work out from there or what do you do?
1: It depends on where the reporting is coming from. Like it depends on what the source of truth is for that particular company, right? So if if there's another place that it lives um, in a BI tool, which automatically makes that a much larger thing, but uh, in a BI tool or anything, I might start there. But in our instance, you know, we use Salesforce as our source of truth. So definitely starting with the CRM and understanding what are all the intricacies and the inputs and how does each field get populated? And then how are we using that? Oftentimes there are reports that are available and somebody's spending an enormous amount of time, like making sure that data is right. Come to find out nobody's looked at it in three months. (laughs) So like (laughs) just kind of picking through that to say like, how valuable is this effort or this report? And if I delete it, will anyone notice? (laughs) Just, it just helps with focus.
0: So you mean more data isn't uh, always the answer?
1: More data is not always the answer. (laughs) It depends on how your brain works. If you're the head of data, that might be true.
0: (laughs) But I think you bring a really important point. And those those the technologists listening into us here today, I think in technology, the idea of technical debt is well understood. Hard hard to execute against, right? Uh, Where you have constant system proliferation. You have another data lake, another data warehouse. You got another system that got popped up, another application that came along. But the reality is, I think advice is very prudent. When you when you actually turn things off, it's amazing how often people don't actually complain. And I think sometimes what surfaces some of the best insight is limiting to an extent some analysis, right? Because otherwise you get a lot of noise and you get a lot of nothingness out of it. And I'll give an analogy to this for everybody. Everybody knows the listens, I love analogies. but if you were trying to predict the stock price of a company for tomorrow that's publicly traded, okay, well, if I look at today's performance, I look at today's market conditions, and I look at this week, okay, that might help for tomorrow, right? Then people go, well, hold on, that's that's a good chunk of data, but what if I looked at a month worth of data? It probably might get a little bit more accurate, I have more insight on more trends, more information, right? Oh, what if I looked at three months of data? a couple quarters of data around this company, all to predict tomorrow's action. Well, the the great irony is actually the more you add into that model, the more you actually bring down the average, you normalize it where you don't have extremes and peaks and valleys, but the reality is what you're picking for tomorrow is very average. And so this is sometimes this idea that, yes, we have a lot of data we deal in in RevOps, but sometimes I need to know what I need to do tomorrow what's the action on the deal tomorrow that RevOps can help surface up and and having access to too much information sometimes is an achilles heel for a lot of companies
1: yeah i've definitely seen that analysis paralysis happens for sure and it's also dependent right like on the like the the function and the the people that are ingesting that data um and like what is the minimum amount of information that i can display that will help move the needle yeah
0: I, I agree. So we have said, look, we're in our, we're in our first hundred days. I'm going to say now we're, you know, we're probably a good couple of months in and we've been analyzing the data. We know what we're doing.
1: 58. I looked it up.
0: 50. Okay. <laughs> there we are. And um, <laughs> as you think of somebody else, one of your peers in the industry going into their next RevOps job, what are the things, again, I, I kind of run to bring this down to some basics for everybody. Sure. The must have things to do right out of the box. And then, uh, you know, three to four pitfalls again, Sarah, just to avoid, right? Like how are they going to do that? Knowing that this is a highly innovative function because uh, a lot of people can benefit from really executing crisply in these first 90, 100 days.
1: I would say like the the two, like two top things that you definitely have to do is uh, understand the goals and, and the metrics. It's extremely important of the company and, and of each department and establishing like a request process to make sure that everyone is like very, very clear on what you're doing and when. And that helps with prioritization for the team. So if you don't do those things, things that you can run into are like the fire drills, like this is the most important thing that I need to get done and getting pushback from the leadership team and saying like, we have to go do this right now without having agreement on the prioritization and the and the goals. You will not be aligned and you might just start running around and, and doing it. I would say another one is probably making sure that like the technical infrastructure, like There is a lot of tech debt, making sure like, are we really utilizing all of the tools that we've had? Like there's been such a boom of, you know, disparate systems and it's really, really difficult managing the contracts and all the information and the integrations. If you can like consolidate into a single platform, like at any point in time, you should definitely look to do that. (laughs) Those are like really big ones. I can't really think of a lot of other pitfalls that I've had along the way. Like those have been the ones that trip me up with a lot of intricacies in between.
0: I would put you on the spot, but not ask for us specifically, just in general in the market. You know, when you think, and feel free to use us if you like, but (laughs) if you wave your magic wand anything in RevOps, what would you love to see? What's the thing you'd love to see happen?
1: Oh, great question. I would say that people, like in general, I would say it would be, everyone is looking at one single data set and everyone has agreed on the common goal without bringing it down to just what impacts like them or their own personal metrics it's that they're always thinking at the company level because they have visibility into everything that's happening and exactly the goal that we want to achieve company-wide
0: i i I love it that's a it's a it's a great one and if we could do that i think that would be true of any function not just a rev ops function it's a it's a great aspirational goal sarah you're a pleasure we are thrilled to have you here at revenue io but um, I encourage everybody to connect up with you as well on LinkedIn. Ask Sarah some questions. Um, you know, fantastic individual, wealth of experience in this domain. And uh, yeah, Sarah, let's keep crushing the re- world of RevOps together.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks, Alistair. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome, Sarah. For those listening in, again, please like and subscribe and We have our new call-in number where we're taking your questions, we're feeding them into the podcast. We'll call you out on future episodes as well. So please do dial and reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. And we will catch you next week on the RevOps Podcast. Thanks so much.